Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Man on the Post World Cup Review. This is day three. I'm your host Dave and I'm joined for today's review by Nathan. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm very well. How are you, sir? Yes, I'm on top of the world because I'm not Australian. Um, <laughs> more on them later. Um, today it's been an action-packed day. Four games. Um, two were decidedly better than others. Um, we'll start with probably the main headline of the day, which is Argentina 1, Saudi Arabia 2. Um, I mean, on last night's power review, we said that Argentina would win easily and would probably be a good favourite to win the tournament. And here they are, losing 2-1 to Saudi Arabia. Did you see this coming? Uh, absolutely not, no. I mean, like you say, uh, on, on last night's on last night's pod, you know, we were, we were all very confident that Argentina would win comfortably. Uh, definitely one of the tournament favourites. And yeah, just didn't didn't work for him today for whatever reason. I think I think to be fair to to Saudi Arabia, they they were they were fantastic. They they just they just came out with no fear and just thought you know what, let's just give it a go and see what happens. Yeah, they were, they were very brave. I thought playing such a high line. Obviously, they got two marginal offsides in their favour, um, mm. but fundamentally playing that high line allowed them to disrupt Argentina's midfield, which has been strength of theirs in this, what was it, 36 match unbeaten run? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was kind of risk and reward, and by the skin of the teeth they got the rewards, because another, another day um, you know, those two marginal decisions made have gone against them. Um, but Absolutely, yeah. wasn't yeah. to be for Argentina today. Um, Saudi Arabia's second goal in particular was quite impressive. What did you make of them overall? I mean, I heard, uh, yeah. heard Tim Vickery in the build-up saying that, you know, their top team uh, gave Chelsea a great game in was it January when the World Club Cup was this year um, yes apparently so yeah and they've, and they've taken you know fairly large strides compared to what we've seen previously um, what yeah I was going to say the, the the teams that we've seen so far from sort of the same region of Saudi Arabia haven't really given us any hope that there's anything good coming from these countries um, and then Saudi Arabia today I thought well, I, I genuinely thought they were really good they, they knocked the ball around really well I thought both goals were taken really well. The first one, such a tight angle. Um, I seen a few people saying, you know, Emi Martinez was in the position. I mean, for me, if anything, he was he was too far away from his near post. So for, mm. for the goal to go in at the third post was a was a fantastic effort. And then the second one was one of them that you just, as soon as he turns the defender, you're hoping that he's going to just bend it in, and he he absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Um. I thought first half they were they were very tentative, maybe showed a little bit too much respect for Argentina. Yeah. Um but yeah, second half they came out and thought, No, do you know what? We're still we're still in this game and you know, they're not blowing us away, we're not seeing anything that we can't handle and, and they just absolutely ran away with it in the end. It seems to me that Argentina were very, very reliant on, on Leo Messi. Um which you know isn't a shock, but 
just feels like sometimes everyone's standing there watching them waiting to do something um, and they're not offering enough themselves. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were, they were always looking. I mean, when you've got Messi in your team, you are always going to look for Messi as your first option. But it was it was like you said, the second and third option just weren't backing him up. And as good as Messi is, he, he, he can't do it alone. And we've seen that at previous tournaments, not just with Argentina, with with you know with Barcelona and, and at PSG as well. You know, he, he he can't do it on his own. Mm. As good as he is. Um, there was a few players that disappointed. Di Maria didn't really, you know, as much as he was getting forward and putting crosses in, there was no real quality to his play, I thought. Um, Rodrigo de Paul disappointed me a little bit as well. I was looking forward to watching him because I've heard good things and he's always been a, a you know, a well-talked-about player, but again, just didn't really see anything from him. And you could kind of see Messi towards the end was like, you know, I need someone mm. to try out me out. Martinez up front for all the running he was doing, you know, how many times did he need to be caught offside to, to start, you know, maybe thinking, right, I need to maybe change um making these runs. Yeah, I mean, seven offsides in the first half alone, not just him, obviously, but as a team for Argentina. Yeah. Um, has come to the point where it's no longer just good defending, is it? I mean, that's that's quite poor from an attacking player. Um, it must have been him, him personally, must have been offside maybe three or four times, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, two of them were, were goals that were disallowed. Um, it, it's, it's from a player of his calibre. You'd expect a bit more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You, 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 like you said, two or three times. All right, fair enough. But when it's seven times amongst the team and you're leading that that count of seven, then you need to start being a little bit yourself, really, don't yeah. you? I think so. Um, so that's kind of throws this group. I wouldn't say wide open, but. Uh, it's, it's After the, watchable, doesn't it? it certainly does. After the second game, which I know it wasn't in chronological order, but we'll just cover off Mexico, Poland, saying as we're in this group. Um, this was a nil-nil draw where the headline was um, 37-year-old Ochoa, former football manager legend, um, saving Robert Lewandowski's penalty. Um, again, in the build-up, this Mexico have been disappointing. Um, they're at odds with their manager. They don't. They think he's very conservative. Um, and a nil-nil draw with Poland probably does very little to dispel that. Uh, what did you make of this one? Uh, I found it was a game devoid of any quality up front, given that Lewandowski was one of those players up front. I, I can't really put too much blame on Lewandowski because I, I, I don't think he got the service. But, yeah, they just both teams seem to move the ball well, get into some good positions, um, but just lacked anything up front. Yeah, so um, Jimenez came on for the final 20 minutes for Mexico. Um, without being rude about him, I think the fact that he's in the squad kind of sums up the situation Mexico are in because he hasn't been in form for a long time. He's been injured for a long time, and yet he still gets a place in that squad. So, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Kind of sums up where they're at at the minute. Um, do you, from what we've seen, do you still think Argentina will, will have enough to get through? I mean, I, th- I think I think they will. I think you know, there's nothing like a shock loss like that to have a real shot in the arm, get those players sat down and go right. Come on, lads, this is not what we're here for. Um, I mean, maybe I'm putting my hopes on them a bit too much because I picked them as my pre-tournament winners. So um, I-, I am hoping that they uh, come good. But we saw in Italia ninety, you know, another 
very famous shock win when mm. Cameroon beat them in the first game. And they went on to, to reach the World Cup final that year, so who's to say that that can't happen again? That's a fair point. There's, uh, there's been enough examples, I'm sure. Did Spain lose their first game in 2010 to Switzerland? Was yeah, that 2010? I so, so. Yeah. It did them no harm. So Absolutely, there's, there's yeah. plenty yeah. to be optimistic about if you're Argentinian. Um, Put it down as a shock result, and from the other two teams in this group, there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's what I was going to say. That the look at you know, if you're Argentina looking at that Mexico Poland game, you're thinking, right, well, I'm not saying anything there that makes me think we're in for a real fight. Yeah, that's that's it exactly. I think uh, obviously you know Poland got Lewandowski and Mexico got a couple of useful players, but um, neither of them look like particularly good teams. Um, I suppose you could say the same about Argentina. Um, yeah. <laughs> as for Saudi Arabia, I mean, they must be licking their lips at the possibility here of, you know, if they can just win one of the remaining two games, they will go through. Um, and yeah. if they can, you know, even two draws will probably be enough. Um, do you think they've got that in them? I, I, I genuinely, honestly, from what I saw today, I mean, you know, have they put, the question for me is, have they put everything into that Argentina game? You know, have they got anything left on the back of that? Um, <clears throat> I think... I think they've definitely got it in, especially, again, going back to that Mexico-Poland game. Saudi Arabia will have walked to that game as well and gone, well, we're coming off the back of beating Argentina. Why can't we go and get a result against both of those teams? Yeah, there's certainly plenty of reason to be optimistic and it's become a very intriguing group and I think a lot of us expect Argentina to certainly get through with a game to spare. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And instead they sit bottom of the group after match day one. Um, I don't think anyone would have... No, you've got, like, you've got long odds on that. Um, group D, uh, it's less surprising, but maybe the first game was a little bit of a, of a shock result in that um, Denmark and Tunisia played a 0-0 draw, but um, for my money, Tunisia edged this for the first hour, 65 minutes, and then kind of ran out of steam because um, they played such a high-octane style. Um, yeah. Denmark finished strongly. Um, what do you make of this I uh, completely agree with your assessment there. I thought I thought Tunisia for at least the first hour were were by far the better team. Um, the high pressing um, gave gave Denmark absolutely no time on the ball whatsoever, and Denmark really really struggled with that. Um, and like you say, I think so. When you got to sort of seventy minutes, you could tell that Tunisia had put a lot into those first seventy minutes and allowed Denmark to to creep back into the game. And you'd argue that Cornelius probably should have nicked it at the back post with that header. Um, yeah, it was um, a really poor finish, really. It and was, it, yeah. It was quite telling that during qualifying, you know, Denmark spread their goals out amongst something like, I want to say 11 players, might be more, um, and they didn't really have a talisman up front, um, and that was very evident here. Um, yeah, that shines through massively. Crying out for a number nine, who was in form, but wasn't the beat today. Um Tunisia had a goal disallowed for offside, which, I mean, it was offside marginally, but um, can't really argue with that, I don't think, can you? No, no, I think we've seen, I think we've seen already in the short number of games already that, that offside's going to be very, very slim margins, could go either way, but I think this one was, was, a, was the right call. Um, I think, was this the game as well where there was the VAR check right Yes, the, in, in injury time-ish, or yeah. very towards the end of the game anyway. Um, 
Now, we're used to seeing when the ref gets called over to the screen that a penalty will be given. Um, actually, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't given in real time and they sent over the screen, or was it given and he overturned it? Uh, I think it wasn't given. Um, they, they sent him over to have a look at it and he, he's looked at it and fair play he's back to himself and said, no, I'm, I'm sticking with the original decision. Yeah, I think he's fantastic, really. Yeah, you got to respect that. I think uh, the ref on the field making making the final decision um, is what we need more of. And uh, to be honest, I thought this ref was one of the better ones we've seen so far in this tournament. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because we've seen some insanity from the men with the whistle. Yeah, there's been some unbelievable stuff. It was like five minutes into the first game. And it was like, all oh, right, okay, this is this is how it's going to go, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I guess the other headline here was Christian Eriksen. Um, Back on the international stage or, or the you know, tournament football after what happened to him yeah. um, a couple of years ago, well, 18 months ago. Um, how was he? Did he play well? Was he you know involved what? He, much? He did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As much as Tunisia were the better team, you couldn't help but be drawn to Christian Eriksen, you know, not just because of his play, but obviously, like you said, the story behind him even being, you know, at the World Cup is, is amazing. But, um, he did actually play genuinely really well. He was picking his passes out. You know, we all know, we all know what Christian Eriksen can do when he when he's on form. Um, <laughs> I, I did wonder when they got that penalty in injury time. Well, when they went to VAR, I was like, well, this is a script has been written for Eriksen to score a ninety whatever minute penalty and win the game, which would be a nice story. Um, it but would have been absolutely yeah. But I think it was. I think there was a push, wasn't there, in, in the lead up to the, the handball? Yeah. So I, I think as well. Um, what it was earlier on in the game, um, Tunisia had had a shout for a penalty for handball uh, in very similar circumstances. Where yes, it had hit the hand, but it was very close proximity. The hand was probably just about in a natural position, um, and and that didn't even go to VAR. You know, the ref mm. didn't, didn't call it, and VAR didn't even call the ref over for that one. And I think that might have had a big impact in what happened at the end of the game um, again ball clearly hits the player's hand but again it's, it's it's a ricochet he's got you know there's no way he's getting out of the way of it his hand's not in an unnatural position and it was absolutely the right decision uh, and fair play to the referee for for calling it fair because I think the main argument with VAR in the Premier League as well as the World Cup has been consistency yes um, and today the referee was bang on at both ends. He said he said no to both, and for the exact same reason, and that's what we want to see. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way of putting it. Um, consistency has been the main thing. I mean, obviously, a lot of talk has been around uh, the Harry Maguire penalty not being given, and then Iran getting a very yeah. soft one. I think we'll call it at the other end. Um, well, if both have been given, we you know we wouldn't really have this this conversation. I think that, that Harry Maguire one's going to be the stick that's going to be used to beat. Ref, refs with when when these softer penalties are given. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, right. you as well, the, the Lewandowski one today, um, I only caught a replay, I didn't see it in real time, but it looked soft. Um, you know, yes, there was a bit of a shirt pull, but was he already falling? It's, it, you know, I mean, mm. it's all up to interpretation, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, it was nice for Achua to save a penalty at his age. Um, not that you know, thirty-seven is not not necessarily that old for goalkeeper, but uh, he's just 
rolled back the years with that save today. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He's he's one of them. You know, he gets rolled out for the World Cup, and you can't <laughs> help but, but want to cheer for him every time. He's following the, in the footsteps of, uh, of Rafa Marquez, isn't he? Um, Absolutely. Who, I think yeah. is he playing five World Cups? Maybe he had a he had a I good goal anyway. Was, yeah. <laughs> he had a, a damn good goal. Um, so if Denmark and Tunisia was was nil nil. Um, after I tipped Denmark yesterday to be dark horses to top this group, um, they let us down. But what didn't let me down was France four, Australia one. Um, yeah. Australia took the lead early on, which, which you know, raised some eyebrows. Um, but yeah. to be fair to France, they were in complete control from that yeah. moment on, pretty much, um, yeah. and uh, thoroughly deserved their four-one win for my money. Uh, how did you see it? Yeah, so I again completely agree. Um, I thought the Australia goal was fantastic. Mm. Um, what a ball by Harry Suter at the back, sweeping that like he was Franz Beckenbauer right wide. <laughs> and uh, the cross was was equally as good, and the finish was was fantastic, straight into the roof of the net. It was it was one of the better goals I've seen in this tournament, uh, definitely. Um, but I've always been against an early goal. For me personally, I, I hate seeing an early goal go in in, in a game in any in any game. To be honest with you, but I always think mm, that's that's way too early. There's no way you're going to hang on for that long. And it kind of felt like France just sort of went, okay, that's fine. We're now going to start playing football, and we'll see how you get on. And they were magnificent. There's no other word for it. They were they were fantastic. You know, swashbuckling um, and Bappe. What more can be said about Mbappe at the moment? Just fantastic. <laughs> um, but for my money, and I'm an Arsenal fan, and it still grates me that we let Olivier Giroud go when we did, because that man is criminally underrated even now. What a player! I know you drive him mad, wouldn't I? I mean, not necessarily um, with his performances, but he just seems to pick and choose which games he turns up in. Um, but for, for France, he's, he's never let them down and because they've got so many many other talents when he's not scoring it doesn't really matter so much because he's you know probably involved and in, you know in Bappi or Griezmann or Dembele or whoever else has, has, has helped him out with that yeah um but at, at Arsenal that just wasn't the case was it so if he wasn't scoring there was you know yeah it was, was outrage <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately for it he was it he was at Arsenal a bit of a bad time um but he just I, I just think he's just such an underrated player. You know, he 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 went joint joint top scorer for France of all time with Thierry Henry tonight. It's no, that's, it's no accident, is it? That's a daft start. That is a daft start. That it is. Two it completely is. opposite players, both at the top of the scoring charts for a country like France, who've had, let's face it, an embarrassing amount of talent up front in 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 years gone by. Um, but yeah, going back to tonight again. Um, you know, Mbappe will undoubtedly get all the plaudits from Mountley so he was he was ridiculous out there tonight and Giroud was again just, you know, doing his job, being where he needed to be, just just getting on with the job, fantastic. But the France performance as a whole, you know, there was a lot of question marks about France with the injuries. Yes. You know, the midfield not really tried and tested, um, you know, people missing at the back. Um and I don't, I, no disrespect to Australia, but there will be tougher games. But I thought it was a very statement performance. Not necessarily a statement scoreline, 
the performance for me was like, okay, France are here and, and they're already up and running. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were exceptional, as you say. Um, and even missing Benzema and uh, Nkungu and Pogba and Kante, um, they're still... Yeah. Adekanta basically won 4-1. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, all right, they went behind early doors, but um, again, maybe the fans of all would have folded or made it more difficult for themselves, but yeah, um, yeah. they've got that, that winning mentality, certainly on the big stage. So um, yeah. this set of players is not going to go away easily, I wouldn't have thought, and obviously they're in a great position now to qualify. Um, yeah, definitely. Because, again, they won't have seen anything in Tunisia. Denmark particularly worry them. Uh, I thought you know, Tunisia were industrious without really having any quality at the top end of the field and Denmark yeah. Denmark were quite easily stifled um, fundamentally yeah. so uh, I don't think they'll be losing any sleep tonight um, no definitely not now uh, if you had to decide right now um, who would you say was best place to go through with France in this group that's tough that's tough looking at the teams uh, I mean you know as, as as good as France were you know Australia gave a good account of themselves for, for a long time in that game I think you know, playing a team of France's quality, you know, 4-1 was a bit unfair, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't entirely rule them out. I think if Denmark can sort out someone to score some goals for them, you'd still make them favourites to go through as well. Um, but again, Tunisia, they they showed that they're not going to be they're not going to be pushed around in this group. They're going to give a good account of themselves. They're going to play hard and. You know, it, it's going to come down to the games against Australia, I think, for Denmark and Tunisia, and which team turns up on the day. But if I had to put money on it, I'd go Denmark. Yeah, I think you would expect them to beat Australia at the very least. Um, yeah. After that, I say I mean, they beat France in the Nations League not long ago. Um, whether they can re- repeat that in this environment, yes. I, I don't know. The Nations League is. Unpredictable, I think, to say it's the least. It's a funny tournament, isn't it? Yeah. It's a funny tournament. Like, I get the idea of not playing pointless friendlies, but at the same time, it feels like it's still a bit of a friendly tournament rather than yeah. taking it really seriously. I, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I'd, I'd much prefer to have competitive games um, yeah. than friendly games. Um, I think too much has been made of England coming in this tournament on the back of no wins in six, but it's against you know good opposition and they've obviously tried a few things. Yeah. Um, Whereas in previous years, we'd have played a friendly against probably Australia or someone like that and exactly, won. Yeah. And you know, everyone gets carried away. So I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, but it is what you make of it. Like, if you look at someone like Hungary, they've probably come out of the Nations League thinking, you know what, we can beat anybody now, which is, you know, probably what it's there for. That's a discussion for another day. Um, Absolutely. So... Group D has France at the top with three points, Tunisia and Denmark on one each, and Australia prop up the group with zero. Um, should we have a look ahead of tomorrow before we uh, depart for today? Yeah, I suppose by the time you listen to this, let's say Wednesday's games to avoid confusion. Um, <laughs> your 10 o'clock fair is Morocco against Croatia in Group F. Um, and then we're going over to Group E for Germany versus Japan, followed by Spain versus Costa Rica. Um, we finish off the day with Belgium against Canada at 7 o'clock. Um, any of those games take your eye? Uh, it's a real mixed bag there, isn't it? Um, it? It's. Uh, I think the one that jumps out at me is Belgium versus Canada. Mm. I feel like Canada are on a are on a real big hype at the moment. You know they've 
everyone everyone was thinking, you know, we're going to see him play in, in 2026 because they've obviously got the hosting rights. But, you know, fair play to these lads. These have just gone, no, no, we're, we're, we're ready now. A um, couple of, you know, standout players in their team. Uh, so really looking forward to see what they're all about. And potential upset, Belgium have got their problems, you know. Um, <coughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mystery how Martinez still hasn't got a, like a, a constant tune out of this Belgium team. I mean, obviously they made the semi-finals in uh, 2018, but with yeah. the players they've got, they should be so much better than what they are, shouldn't they? Absolutely, yeah. You, you, you'd argue that, you know, that 2018 tournament was definitely an opportunity missed. You look at, you know, Lukaku hasn't really been doing much. Hazard is way out in the wilderness. All right, fair enough, you can come back to De Bruyne, but how much he's going to be pinned on his shoulders for that team? It does feel a bit like uh, they've maybe missed the boat of the golden generation being at the absolute peak. Um, as you say, some of the lads are still very much at the peak, like De Bruyne, but... Lukaku's barely kicked a ball for a few months and Hazard's not much better. Um, yeah. Defensively, they're still not brilliant, shall we say. I don't know if, like, you know, in the last tournament with you know, Jason Denier, I think, was still playing centre-half, who was a reasonable centre-back, but he's probably a bit below what you'd expect from a, a World Cup chasing nation. Um, yeah, yeah. And as you say, Canada, um, I mean, they've done so well to qualify. They've obviously not been anywhere near for a long time uh, and coached by a man from my neck of the woods uh, he's from yes. concert so yeah. let's let's yeah. see if he can bring some northeast pride um huge day really when you've got germany spain and belgium all in action you could probably make an argument for all three of them going deep into the tournament um, yeah. and it's always nice to, well, not nice but it's always interesting to see um the likes of japan and costa rica who we don't see an awful lot of but seem to qualify every year and you know Nice to see how they get on on the big stage because I say we're kind of shaded from how they get on unless you go looking for the course, but um, yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't see a lot of them. No, I, I, I agree with that. It's it's good to see different styles of football and you know Japan. Japan have got some players. Mm, yeah, Japan have got some players. Um, so again, it'd be interesting to see them. Germany. It's not the greatest Germany team you've ever seen. I feel like they're still trying to discover themselves a little bit. Um. But you never write off Germany, do you? It's Germany at the end of the day. We all know what what they're like. There's this, this giant machine that can turn out eleven players of German. Well, that's it. And I think the best thing that could happen to them really was going out of that World Cup four years ago in such a meek fashion because it made them hit the reset button and start again. Um, and now you see in the likes of Musiala and um, uh, I want to see Makoku. I think he's he declared for Germany. Uh, yeah, I think he has, yeah. I'm sure he's in the squad. I'm sure already he was the youngest player in the squad or something. Um, yeah, you know, they've they've gone back to a new generation, if you like. Um, this might be a tournament too soon for them, but um, it'll be interesting to see how far they go because they've got, obviously, you know, they lost to Macedonia um, in qualifying or the Nations League or something anyway. Yeah. Um, but then again, so did Italy. So. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you know, maybe Macedonia are our new overlord. Who knows? But there's a there's a lot there's a lot to uh, a lot to like about the way they play. Um, so it'll be nice to see them in action tomorrow. Yeah. Um, that'll do us for today. Um, Nathan, thank you very much for um, your t- your time and your your comments. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the review of the games we just mentioned. Um, 
thanks for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>